Welcome to The Healthy Me. I'm Trina Felber, registered nurse and CEO of Primal Life Organics. I believe there's a healthy person living in everyone. The Healthy Me is designed to help you call up your healthy self, step out of your comfort zone, shake things up, and get results. So let's find and empower your healthy me. All right, everybody, Trina here from Primal Life Organics and The Healthy Me. I'm super excited because I am aging every single day, and I'm a biohacker, and when I get to talk to other biohackers about, oh, biohacking life in general, I'm so excited. And today, you are going to be really excited to meet Anthony DiClemente. He is the biohacker on aging close to my heart because I am too. Uh, but he's got some really cool ideas. So I want to tell you a little bit about um, Anthony and how you can, uh, the biohacking, the three main causes of aging today. All right. So Anthony DiClemente is a biohacker, self-experimentalist, and international bestselling author on anti-aging and human optimization. Using proprietary self-diagnostic tools and his unique biohacking secret system, DiClemente and his team have helped millions of entrepreneurs and business professionals optimize their body, their performance, and their longevity. His book, The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus, has sold over 30,000 copies worldwide. He's a, in the Two Comma Club Entrepreneur, having done over seven figures online. In 2017 and 18, he was voted the top biohacker, to follow alongside Tim Ferriss, Dave Asprey, and a handful other luminaries in the biohacking health field. And in 2011, you're not going to believe this by looking at him today, but he was on his deathbed. So Anthony, welcome. Trina, thank you. <laughs> looking at you, there's no way I would say that you were on your deathbed because, and I and I had the um, privilege of meeting Anthony, just so everybody knows, probably about, two, it was about two months ago we met, huh? Yeah, somewhere, yeah, the, at the total CEO event in August. Yeah, and, you know, you're the epitome. When I look at you, you're the epitome of health. So when I hear that you are on your deathbed, you got to tell us all about that. Um, and and what what happened? What Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting experience around um, – so I'd gone from – I lived a pretty normal life. I was involved in athletics. I was, like, good but not great, you know, like in, in high school – I was all conference and captain of the team, but like not like national superstar, right? And played through college, club soccer. We won the club national championship. And like most people, you get into the, like the real world and you kind of start slacking or you're like, oh, it's kind of harder to stay in shape when I don't have the metabolism of an 18-year-old and I don't have all day to work out in between the classes I don't go to. Um, and I started kind of getting out of shape, not bad, but just like I was focusing more on um, entrepreneurship and the career path. And then in 2009, I was just like, what, what happened? You know, I'm like, I'm looking down, everything's sort of dad bod, but I got no kids and I'm like, not in that, you know, my endurance and everything's kind of slacking. So I'm like, I got to get this, I got to get things back on track. So I start doing the beach body workouts and I met up with, um, you know, I, I synced up with one of my good friends who's like in some of his name's Darren Natoni and him and his wife are in a bunch of the insanity DVDs and him and I kind of really got into it and started doing, doing different insanity workouts together, even though we were different parts of the country and got in like pretty good shape. And along that time I started doing paleo and playing around with keto and cleaning up my diet. And, you know, I wasn't having like 
hungover pizza days on Sundays and stuff like that. And the weirdest thing happened is like as I started doing more and more healthy stuff and really getting my nutrition dialed in, I started actually like feeling worse. I like had a six pack, but I would wake up in the morning kind of stiff and like I found my brain and my cognitive function wasn't as good as it used to be. And I actually started having digestive trouble. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like eating better than I ever have. I'm not putting all the grains and dairy and, and, and booze, the stuff that, you know, we see in the scientific literature being problematic because it causes inflammation and all these other issues. And I'm getting worse. And this kind of continued for a while. And it was a precarious position because I was helping people with their health and fitness. And everyone's like, you're inspiring me. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, awesome. What's going on? Like, I, I'm, this is not, not all of uh, the things that I signed up for are what's happening to me right now. And then it got so bad. I saw 12 doctors over the course of a year trying to figure it out. Um, I felt like I had early onset dementia. I was exhausted all the time. I lost my libido and sexual function as like a guy in his late twenties. That's, I mean, as a guy period, it's messed up as a guy in his late twenties, everyone's like that is not normal. That shouldn't be happening. And, um, and after the 12th doctor, I kind of was like, all right, this isn't, this is a model that's really good at fixing acute issues, broken bones, um, cancer, sort of anyway. Well, yeah, but, I mean, they obviously weren't helping you 12 doctors and you weren't getting the answers, right? Yeah. After the 12th one, I'm like, I'm thinking of that Einstein quote, you know, like the definition of insanity. And I'm like, I'm just doing the same <laughs> things over and over and over again, expecting a different result. Right. Right. Like you stop, you have to stop and realize that sometimes. Yeah. And, um, and, and that was sort of how biohacking was born. It was, it, it, it started with a big shift and epiphany that I'm outsourcing my most important assets, my, my mind and my body and my spirit. And I'm taking responsibility for so much in my life, but how much of that is the small shit, the stuff that doesn't really move the needle when I need to be taking responsibility for this and I need to develop what I believe to be one of the most important skill sets in protecting our assets, which is biohacking, an understanding of like the, the, your superpowers and your weaknesses and how do you bring up your weaknesses and address those things that maybe you were born with genetically or maybe have become a product of your lifestyle and environment. How do you bring those up so they're not dragging you down? And then how do you accentuate your superpowers? And, um, and, and it just, you know, I'm obsessive and just got deeper and deeper and deeper and then started helping other people with it. And then so we you started... basically healed yourself. I had help. So I definitely had help. And uh, the, the story is better when I say I healed myself, but I don't believe in entrepreneurship or health or anything that these types of uh, miracles or, you know, when you overcome something that people tell you can't be overcome, I don't think they happen in a bubble or in isolation, right? I think most of us with, with businesses are like, no way I could do this on my own, right? Um, and it was, it was like that too. There were people that led insights, even if it was just writing a book that I was able to tear through that gave me an insight um, to help overcome a sticking point or a challenge. Perfect. So let's talk about energy and energy production because it takes a lot of energy. It, you know, it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or, or you're a mom or you just get up and go to work every day. Everybody needs energy to get throughout the day so that you don't feel like you don't have it. So I know sometimes, you know, around six o'clock at night, I get home and my brain is so fried and I feel like I don't have any energy. So let's talk about how can you increase energy production? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome question. So, um, there, there are so many 
biological processes that are happening in the body all the time. And not a single one of them can happen without energy, without ATP, adenosine triphosphate. So when we really simplify things, like there are a lot of different levers that affect aging. And I know slowing down the aging process and addressing some of the things that may be uh, causing us to age at an accelerated rate, those are like important things to you and stuff you're passionate about. So there are a few main pathways that affect aging, but the most prominent is mitochondria. And the mitochondria, they're like the little energy powerhouses of the cells. And there's thousands of them in, um, in most cells. And some cells have more than others. But for the most part, these little things are working to replicate themselves and make energy in the form of ATP. And one of the main theories of aging is that we, ex we all experience mitochondrial decay. As we get older, they don't replicate as well. So you have less power plants that are making the stuff that your body needs for everything. Um, and those power plants don't work as well, right? The employees get a little lazy. Maybe they're showing up late to work, whatever. Um, but there's also a, an, an epidemic of early onset mitochondrial dysfunction. And this is, this is the differentiation, right? So we all have like the things that are going to happen to us that cause us to age no matter what. We'll call that like normal aging and we can address some of those things with, with biohacks for optimization. But we all also have things that are causing us to age at an accelerated rate. And this is sort of where that like early onset mitochondrial dysfunction can occur, right? Um, so like in our modern environment, we're now surrounded and constantly exposed to more toxins than ever before. The, and it's like when you start, and this was sort of what happened in 2010, 2011, you start opening up your mind to this stuff and you're like, it's everywhere. What am I supposed to do? And at first you kind of just like, you either become the person that's like pointing out what's wrong with everything everybody else is doing. Like, don't eat that. Don't drink that. Don't breathe that air. And everyone's like, get away from me, psycho. Or you just like shut down and do nothing because you're like, you, you have no idea what to do and you're convinced everything is bad. And neither, neither of those situations are good. But it is a reality that we have a lot of invisible toxins that affect our mitochondria and our ability to produce energy. And if our detox pathways get clogged up or if those toxins are able to get into our cells where the mitochondria exist and start in interfering with their ability to make ATP, we got a problem, right? So a lot of our energy is focused on reversing early onset mitochondrial dysfunction, right? And you can do that in a lot of different ways. A big one is just improving your ability to utilize oxygen because it's one of the main ingredients in, in ATP production. So if like if we were to give people an oversimplified idea of how energy is made. Like you picture the human body and you've got like sun coming down and like that photonic energy accelerates the amount of ATP that your mitochondria make. It's absorbed through the skin, through the eyes, even through the skull. Um, and every part of our body is constantly absorbing that photonic light. That's one thing that helps us make, make ATP. Another is the food we eat, which is sort of like a sun supplement. A lot of uh, plants and animals, they're storing up the sun's energy. And then when we eat it, we get that energy and that helps us That helps us make ATP. You've got water, of course. You've got oxygen, of course. Those are some of the main things. And then that whole process is assisted when our electromagnetic environment mimics what it's always been, which is like we're connected to the earth, you know, either barefoot or in <laughs> moccasins, right. like, like the lunatic that I am walking around in moccasins. Um or, you know, we're get, spending time like swimming in natural bodies of water. We're outside. We're breathing air that's charged up with electrons rather than like the same recycled air. And when we're doing those things, 
we start reversing some of the early onset mitochondrial dysfunction. We start making the amount of energy and ATP that we would normally be making if we weren't speeding up our path to six feet under. And then we kind of transition to optimization. So it's like, I don't know if that is way more than you were looking for. You no, know, it's really good information. It's, it has, and you know, from what I'm gathering um, from you, and I like, I've talked about this before too. Um, and you know, the, uh, Every, I don't know if everyone goes through this, but I went through that same thing like you did when you, you get into your 20s and you start to gain weight because you didn't have that issue when you were in your teens. And, and then if you don't get a grasp of it, you gain a little more weight in your 30s or it fluctuates. But what I've told people often you know, that go on diets or even just convert to, like you said, a healthy lifestyle, it doesn't really matter. But when you start to become active and you start to metabolize fat – don't forget your fat is where a lot of your toxins are stored. So you can almost like what you describe as almost like an overdose of environmental toxins or whatever it may be that was in your body stored in your fat tissue. As you're burning those, that fat, you might be releasing stored toxins that you've had for years. And it just might be a, a little bit of like an overdose that makes you get that brain fog and feel really lethargic and not good and stomach aches and things like that. And we don't think about that because when we're working out and we're losing weight, we're like, I should be feeling good. I look good. I should be feeling good. And it can just be a little bit of that whatever was stored can be released as well. Totally. Yeah. A lot of uh, it, it's a similar situation to what I described with the diet where I started eating paleo and keto and all of that and my digestion was getting worse. A lot of people experience the same thing with exercise. They start working out and they're like, I feel worse. Every joint hurts. I'm like crashing after workouts. And there, it's like working out. It's like a bell curve. And you can if you're not working out enough, it's, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of meat still on the bone in terms of things that you can do to optimize the way that your body works and how quickly you age and you know, how well you make energy. But at the other end of the spectrum, if you're working out too much, and that is not too much relative to other people, it's relative to your recoverability, your body's ability to like get rid of the free radicals and toxins that are produced when we work out. And also like if you take somebody who's got early onset mitochondrial dysfunction, and then, you, and then they're like, okay, I saw this pretty cool high-intensity workout on YouTube. I'm going to go do that because I'm feeling fat and I want to do – you know, I want to crush myself in the gym. Then they do those two things. And then afterwards, the whole afternoon, they're like laying on the couch or staring at the wall because they feel like they've got – you know, their brain isn't working right. They're too tired to do anything else. And then they're like, F that. I'm done with this healthy living stuff. I'm not cut out for it. Uh, yeah. And the mitochondria, like you said, are your powerhouse. It's your powerhouse. It's what's going to provide you the energy. And if we're, as we're aging, we're losing that. So we got to do as much as we can to support ourselves to continue to have healthy cells, healthy mitochondria. I want to ask you how you lengthen telomeres, but I need to know, I need you to define what the telomeres for everybody would be that we're going to lengthen. Yeah. Yeah. So another, another pathway of aging, the three big ones, you've got the mitochondria, you've got telomeres, which is related to cell replication and DNA replication. Um, and then you have the, the mTOR pathway, which is known as the mammalian target of rapamycin. And it's like an anabolic pathway. And we will get into that if we have time. But the telomeres, every time your cells replicate and you're replacing an old cell with a new cell that's working better and has healthier mitochondria, tying it back to the first one, um, these the, the DNA, when it replicates, each time it replicates, the little caps on the end of the DNA that like kind of come off and let it replicate and do all of its thing. You can think of almost like the caps on shoelaces. Like if you're, if a shoelace is your DNA double helix, 
At the end, you've got the little caps on the shoelaces. It pulls those caps off, the DNA replicates, it puts, puts the cap back on. These caps are the telomeres. However, every time replication occurs, the telomeres, the caps get shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. I'm looking for my, I've got DNA here. Oh, you've got some DNA. Hold on, give me two seconds. Grab your DNA. Oh, look at that. There we go. So perfect. <laughs> I'm the geek that loves props. So yeah, when you mentioned DNA, I'm like, where's my DNA? Where's my Where DNA? So my your telomeres, DNA? so everybody can envision this if you're watching, would sit on the end of your strand of DNA. And when mm -hmm. that would come off, so your DNA would unwind, right? Mm -hmm. Replicate mm -hmm. and then rewind. Is that yes. how it works? If I remember yeah. right, back from science. It was ex that was that was an excellent demonstration. Yeah, we're back in like high school biology. Yeah, <laughs> look at those, look at that, look at that. Okay, right? Yeah, it's awesome. And there's just with with DNA replication as well. It's you, most things in life are bell curve. There's like a sweet spot, the Goldilocks effect, and like not enough replication, you get old senescent cells that don't fight off infections the way they're supposed to, and they don't make energy the way they're supposed to. I have but, those too. Wait. You got old cells? Grab the old cells. Let's get them. Let's get those lazy buggers out here. Call them out. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I've got him. There he is. Oh my gosh. What an ugly fella. So uh, this is those those this is those sad cells that just need help. Yeah, he looks like he's like the job of the hut of cells. <laughs> this is actually a, like a cancer cell, like but a cancer cell is just an unhealthy cell. But wait, you can convert this guy to something that's healthy, which is what you're helping us do. Oh, look at that! What do we we get in there with some macrophages, eat them up? That's do right. Some, do, do, a, do a fast, a twenty four hour fast. Get some autophagy and get rid of those guys. Kill these guys. These guys can't live in a healthy environment, right? These guys cannot live. And when these guys can't live, you can like get these guys, which are the really good guys that can provide good DNA and good mitochondria and good energy. Oh man, we're gonna have the education system of America trying to take us on the road. <laughs> we want our kids to know about mitochondria and autophagy and lazy cells and how to get rid of them. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean, I just got excited because I love my props. I like it too. I like it too. Um, yeah. So every time the, our cells replicate and that replication can occur too much if we're in an environment that maybe is exposing us to too many toxins and is bombarding our cells and our body's like, wait, these cells aren't working right. We got to get some new ones in here we see a shortening of the telomeres. And we've found that it's a pretty good indication when you look at the length of someone's telomeres, it's a pretty good indication of how old they are at the cellular level. So there are some things that we could do. That's interesting. Get, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Okay, yeah, so there's ways to increase the length. And so tell us what those are. Yeah, so there's there's a couple. One is, one of the pioneering ways is a, there's a supplement known, it's a compound known as cycloastrogenol, and it's from an herb, um, astragalus. And there's a company that pioneered it no, named TA65, and they've got a lot of very exciting research showing over a period, it usually takes about a year to really start seeing a difference at the telomere level, but in taking this astragalus extract, and I haven't been able to, and a bunch of people in our community haven't been able to replicate it with just high dose astragalus because like this, this compound that we believe to be responsible for a lot of the benefits, cycloastrogenol, I hope I'm saying it right, but someone will call me out if I'm not, cycloastrogenol, 
that is what we believe is having the, the effect in lengthening the telomeres. And it requires a ton of astragalus. So TA65 is one of the compounds that I'm testing alongside a number of others um, for the next book project, which is increasing the healthy human lifespan to 150 and beyond. And, um, we're seeing some pretty good evidence there and its ability to increase telomere length after you've been taking it daily for about a year. Interesting. Very interesting. I love that. Um, it, it, it's just crazy the things that you can do to improve your health. Um, and and it's, it's not that much effort. It's, you know what I mean? It really isn't. It's something that you can fit into your schedule. It's not like you have to work out an extra hour every day, right? It depends. Yeah, it depends on what you're doing, right? For someone who's like doing nothing. Well, right. You they need to. Like, you're like, hey, you got to move your body. They're like, every day. Oh, that's a lot, <laughs> you know. But for someone who's already kind of like making an effort and yeah. is like, point me in the right direction. What's what's a lot of the the latest research showing? Well, that, right. That's, when that's not a hard thing. When yeah. you're ready for the next level, because you know, yeah. after you're working out and you're feeling good, what's next? And you're sort of the what's next. Mm -hmm. These are the things that you can do that comes after you. I'm working out every day. I'm meditating. I'm, you know, doing these good things, eating healthy. What else can I do um, mm -hmm. to make myself feel better? So you said there's three steps. Are we, are we, what's the third? Yeah. So, um, we talked a little bit about, about the mitochondria and with telomeres, the cycloestrogenol, that's the low hanging fruit for a lot of people that has a good amount of of scientific backing. I'm also testing some peptides, one of them being, uh, well, I, I don't want to get into too much for the book, too many spoilers, but the, the, the TA65 will be mentioned in the book, so that's a good one. But another one is like we talked about how if your cells are replicating out of control, that's also a problem that's going to shorten the telomeres. So I look for things in my environment where I'm like, okay, what are, what are some of the key differences between the environment that I'm spending a lot of my time in now and say the environment that I would have spent time in 10,000 years ago? And with, as online entrepreneurs, we spend a tremendous amount of time on our laptops, on our phones, uh, everything's wireless and Bluetooth. And a lot, of, a lot of research is now suggesting that too much exposure to that microwave radiation, which is what it is, it's non-thermal, it doesn't cook us, but Bluetooth, our cell phone, Wi-Fi, all of that is microwave radiation. It's a form, it's in the same spectrum. Anyone can look up the electromagnetic spectrum and confirm that. But there's a lot of evidence suggesting that that causes our cells to replicate at an accelerated rate, increases our risk of cancer. There's now multiple $25 million studies, one from the National Institute of Health, one from the Ramazzini Institute in Italy, confirming the links to cancer, which, as you know, is like cell replication that's a little bit out of control and, and or metabolism of, of fats and, and uh, glucose via the mitochondria. Um, so I tr I've taken some steps to make sure that where I sleep, where I work, where I chill, those environments are closer to the electromagnetic frequencies of the earth, of the outdoors. Um, and so like this is an ethernet cable with a little adapter. I'm on that instead of Wi-Fi. I still go to the cafe and turn on Wi-Fi and you know what I mean? I don't like lose my shit, but this is like when I'm going to be on calls and, and consultations all day, it makes a difference. It's a compound effect, right? I'll unplug the smart TV and the Bluetooth stereo system. So my little puppy Kumba who sleeps next to it isn't getting, getting nuked all night you know, for him. And, um, and, and, and then I'm conscientious about how much I'm on the phone and I've kind of flipped things to make 
airplane mode, my default, as opposed to my phone is always on and I'm always responding to other people. It's not transmitting. It's not stealing my attention and awareness away from other things. And it helps me be a little bit more present. And it also keeps the telomeres longer. So that's that's a, another little telomere nugget that hopefully ties it in. I like that. And, that, and then you wanted to talk about mTOR? Yeah, tell, yeah, t- yeah, we have time. Tell us about mTOR because I really want to know about mTOR growth versus detox, uh, detoxification. Yeah, it's, it's a very delicate balance with, with this mTOR character. Um, so mTOR stands for mammalian target rapamycin. It's a growth pathway, very helpful when we're in the reproductive phases of our lives and we have to protect our family and our tribe and everything. Um, however, as we get older, if mTOR is chronically turned on, where um, we're not, as you mentioned, giving our body proper time to detoxify and get rid of cells that aren't working well uh, via fasting and um, maybe periods of a more vegan-ish diet as opposed to like steak, 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 the stuff we eat when we're, you know, males in our 20s, not that you've ever been there, but males in our 20s when we're trying to bulk, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's very different. So as we get older, um, being, having this, this anabolic, this growth pathway of mTOR chronically activated, like all guys are getting on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, therapy, you know, 300 milligrams of testosterone per week more activating mTOR. And it starts happening at even lower doses like the, the, the HRT doses. Then it, our diet plays a big part in activating mTOR. Lots of red meat, lots of protein in general from animal sources. We've seen that activate mTOR. So it's a balance of how do I keep muscle, which we know like helps me stay strong and, and disease-free as I get older, and how do I also detox and integrate fasting and things that suppress the mTOR pathway into my lifestyle. So I'm able to walk that line and get the best of both worlds. And I'm not like, you know, these, these guys from the first WrestleMania that were all passing away in their thirties and forties because they were just constantly on anabolic compounds and maintaining that bulk. And they never stopped. Even when they stopped wrestling, they never stopped. You know, we do see that that stuff can increase our risk of heart disease and cancer and some of these other degenerative diseases. And conversely, if we're fasting all of the time, we've all seen the we've all seen the documentaries on like the caloric restriction nut cases, and they you know they look like the what, what's that uh, that that movie the the mechanist or something like that where Christian Bale went like ate like an apple a day for a year or something before. You know, and then you see people in the that are like chronically calorically restricted and chronically fasting. You're like, well, I don't want that either. It's a little bit of both. It's a dance. And uh, yeah, I know if that if, if that helps explain things and how mTOR can accelerate aging and increase our risk of disease. No, no, that's good. Um, and I'm I'm assuming that mTOR is male and female, right? Yeah. Both men and women. It's not just men. So women need to be conscientious. And I know what you're saying. Like for me, as far as going a little bit more vegan, um, I'm paleo. I still eat me. I call myself a Chigan. I'm a cheating vegan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a Chigan. I've cut (laughs) back on the amount of meat that I eat. I know, you know, it's very, it's acidic. So it creates a lot of acid in the body. Um, it's not as easy for me to digest and it just creates a lot more chaos for me, but I do enjoy it and it does have its benefits as well. Um, but, um, I, I do feel that the less, when I eat too much, I I don't feel good at all, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of the same way. I don't, I have, I've never thrived in one of the boxes, uh, 
but taking, you know, taking something like a vegan template where that's a lot of what goes in my body and the fresher, the better, the closer to the time it was picked or pulled from the earth, you know, the better, the more of that energy that we talked about it, it, it contains. But then if I'm like, I'm really craving a steak and I don't necessarily know why, maybe my iron's a little on the suboptimal side, I'm going to eat that steak and listen to my body and, and developing and learning to trust that intuitive style of eating has been much a much better fit for me. And really, when you talk about balance, your body is always trying to go back into balance or into um, whatever it considers normal, a normalized state. And balance would be normalized. So listening, like, like you said, when you want that steak, it's probably because your body is craving something from that steak that it needs. So just really, your body really wants to go into normal uh, or be as normal as possible. And it will do anything it can, which is why a lot of times it overproduces cells, you know, um, when it really shouldn't be doing that, but it's trying to rebalance something. So give us some ideas on um, biohacks that would increase energy and increase focus, because I know um, that's something that a lot of people struggle with, um, you know, especially with all the distractions and, like you said, all the energy that's being, you know, from Bluetooth and all of that. The Yes. So a, a couple quick ones. One, I mean, you, you and a lot of your listeners are working out just about every day. And what we're seeing, at least in terms of what has the most powerful impact on the mitochondria right now and, and helps to overcome a lot of the more common challenges we face, is consistent, easy aerobic activity. More difficult than walking. I, I believe when Hippocrates said like walking is the best medicine or and there was, you know, let food be that medicine and all of that. But then there was also something about walking being the shit. I don't know if walking is enough for a lot of people today, given our exposure to other things. Um, and what we've seen is that a little step up from that, where let's say we're, we're on a treadmill or we're doing a light jog outside or we're going for a bike ride, something where we're getting, getting into our aerobic training rate, um, which if, if someone wanted to kind of get a quick back of the napkin range of what theirs is, take 180 minus your age, around there, right? And, and you're surprised. Like, I'm surprised when I do that. My target heart rate, I'm not even working. Like, I don't feel like I'm working, but that's enough. Like you said, we're so used to, or I was ingrained or in like told that I had to, or felt like I had to kill myself to feel like I'm getting a workout. I had to be exhausted at the end and anymore. It, it's like gentle. It's like a gentle workout, but my heart rate is in the target that it should be. Correct. Yes. And, and I like that, I believe for mitochondrial health, this isn't like, Hey, get jacked. You're 21 years old and you want to get on stage and like, check this off your bucket list type thing. This is like you want to take care of your body at the cellular level, not not increase your risk of injuries. The foundation of our training should be this gentle aerobic exercise. Of course, it's different if you're playing competitive sports. Like that's not going to help me that much in men's league on Sunday, you know, where like I spend a certain amount of the game wanting to hurl. But it's for from health and, and an aging perspective, that type of exercise is great. So people that are walking, I would encourage them to step it up a little bit. And it's the, the level of exertion is like your mouth is closed, you're breathing in and out through your nose, nice, consistent, diaphragmatic breathing, and then you almost feel like you need to open your mouth. You're almost like you're right on the edge of needing more air, but you, you're not, and that's kind of where you hang out. 
20 minutes there. If, if, so, if all someone did that's listening to this and isn't doing that, if they just did 20 minutes there every weekday, uh, preferably in the morning so it sets you up for the rest of the day, you'll see improvements. And then we can do more if you want. I'll let you, I'll let you lead the questioning if there are. Awesome. So um, I, we're almost done. We're almost out of time. But I do want to get to one, at least one or two more. Um, what, is your, what is the biggest myth about the sun? Because I know a lot of people love the sun like me. Um, and there's a lot of information out there. But what um, is the biggest myth about the sun from your perspective? Yeah, for sure. Let's, right, start with the, let's start with the obvious, the truth, and put it out on the table. Photo aging is real. And if you're outside in the sun all day and you're exposing your face and your neck and some of those areas that are the first places people look, you can look older. Or as, uh, as Kramer said in an episode of Seinfeld, I look like a, an old catch's mitt when he's going ham on the cigars. Um, so, so you do with, – with sun exposure, I wanted to put that out there and say anything that we're talking about, if you care about looking young as well, you want to be intelligent about using an organic – sunscreen of some variety, SPF 15, 18, whatever on your face, or maybe even wearing a hat if you're out there a ton. But um, the biggest myth about the sun is that it's dangerous and that it increases our risk of cancer. And when we look at like all of the meta-analysis and the studies that have investigated this, we find that's just not true. And, and it actually increasing our natural vitamin D levels, not from supplementation, which is very different than getting it from the sun, but increasing our vitamin D levels prevents 30 cancer cases for every one that is caused from getting too much sun. It's just, it's just to cut out the sun to decrease your risk of cancer. It's a very bad trade. And like, you can always find an example of someone that'll like point to, you know, so-and-so got melanoma from it. I'm certain. Yeah. But is it really from that? Like, did the person that has early onset mitochondrial dysfunction and then worked out and felt like shit is exercise the problem in that scenario? No, maybe they did it in the wrong way. Maybe this person got way too much sun in, a, in too short of a period of time. Maybe their bodies. Anti, like natural antioxidant production, their production of, of glutathione and, and superoxide dismutase, maybe that's low because they're all gunked up with toxins. And it's easier for conversational purposes and just to save space in our brain to oversimplify everything. But when we start oversimplifying everything, we make bad assumptions and we in, in, engage in bad science. I agree. And also, if you're eating a really good, healthy diet full of the essential fatty acids and vitamins, nutrients that you need, that actually will protect you against the sun as well. You can actually eat like sun protection. For sure. And for women especially, this works for some guys, some guys it, it not as much, but there's something called astaxanthin, which is like a natural antioxidant that can be found in krill oil and you can even get it on, get it on its own. Um, from a, a really good company is like, uh, I think it's like bio Astin or something like that. But astaxanthin acts as like a natural sunscreen and a natural skin protectant from the sun. And many women find that it decreases inflammation and pain. If they've got any stiffness, their skin looks better. They look more youthful and 
there's it, it, it minimizes photo aging and some of those things. So a lot of women love astaxanthin and, and the dosages between four milligrams and 12 milligrams get great results. Awesome. Well, Anthony, I so appreciate you coming on and telling us about biohacking to prevent aging. How Thank we, you for having Three different ways that we can get rid of or decrease our chances of aging. But really quick, um, I want you to tell people about the biohackers guide that you have. And um, we'll put the link up so anybody that's interested in checking it out. But tell us about the biohackers guide that you have. Yeah. So we put together a book. There wasn't, there wasn't a biohacking Bible, a book that really looked at all of the areas that can accelerate aging and, and keep us from optimal physical and mental performance. So I wanted to put together that book and also, um, you know, give it away for free where people can help out with some of the cost of, uh, shipping and getting it everywhere in the world and all of that. And we'll send them a copy and it's, it's a resource. It's not something that you read, you know, it's not like Tolstoy where you read it fireside and, um, from start to finish, but you can jump into, let's say you're working on your, your exercise and your training. You can go to the exercise, the movement section. If you need, you know, you need to dial in a few things in your nutrition, you go to the nutrition section and we cover some of the things that, that we've talked about. And there's a lot of nuggets and like, you know, little takeaways that people can grab and apply to uh, spend more time in a state of optimal physical and mental health. Awesome. This is the deep stuff. This is the stuff that's not just like physical level. This is deep internal, like at the cellular level. That's why I love it. Um, because everybody wants to look younger, but we forget that we want to feel our best while we're looking younger. So I appreciate you telling us about our mitochondria and about our DNA and the telomeres and the, what was the other one? The M. MTOR. MTOR. Don't forget about the MTOR. MTOR. All right, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us and all your words of wisdom. And you are the most amazing biohacker. So I love it. And thanks for joining us. Thank you, Trina. And thanks for listening and hanging out, guys. All right. Awesome. You guys can check them out. We'll put the link um, for the biohacker's guide. You guys can go check that out. And everybody, I'll see you next time on The Healthy Me. Trina here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, Subscribe to the Healthy Me podcast and be sure to rate it and review it on iTunes or wherever you're listening. You can like the Healthy Me Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at thehealthyme underscore com. Remember, the info on the Healthy Me podcast is not to be taken as medical advice. You should always talk with your doctors before trying anything we discuss. Until next time, live in your Healthy Me.